spotlight gold and syrup on the desk. And uh, uh, muscle memory keeps compelling me to pick it up and drink it. That's a bad idea. Oh, it's a terrible idea. It's not my syrup. Um, so far, I've managed to catch myself. Like, ADHD hasn't quite gotten me to do it. Are we talking, like, the metal tin with, like, the metal lid, or are we talking about a much easier dispenser? It's a bottle. Oh, okay. So, yeah. like, out the corner of my eye, like, it could be could be a bottle of Rubicon for all I know. Look, it, at least it's not one of the worst things. Like, I've had, like, the glass that I've been, you know, rinsing the paint off the paintbrush oh, in, no. in reach sometimes, and that's that's a killer one to, to keep reaching for. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. Golden syrup, the worst that happens is yum, 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 tasty treat for me. That's true, that's true. At least you're painting with water-based acrylics, right? Uh, yes. So you might not kill yourself, yeah. I don't trust myself with any anything that can't be removed with water if I fuck up. Some of us are like hardcore into paint drinking, like I'm on the enamels. Like get on my level. <coughs> I mean, <coughs> I mean, do you remember do you remember that story that went around about the old man that drank a whole tub of paint thinking it was yogurt? <laughs> That was a whole. That was a whole thing. Oh God! So uh, Conrad, make a note of that for <laughs> yeah. one of the other podcasts we yep. do. Right. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. I've just double checked the story. Uh, the man was ninety years old. He's fine, but he did drink half a liter of paint. Oh, Thought it was yogurt. Half a liter, like that is. That's quite a lot of paint to eat and not realize it doesn't taste like paint. It, it doesn't taste like yogurt. Speaking of of elderly people doing kind of kind of badass things. Uh, I, I was sent a tweet this morning. Police have arrested a Minnesota man who checked his sick wife out of a nursing home to throw her a death party. Her final hours included <laughs> meth, listening to metal, and having sex, authorities said. <laughs> Where's the crime? I don't hear a crime there. I no. hear I hear that is exactly the way I would want to go. Like, right. Look, if I knew I had like 10 minutes left to live, I'd be like, shoot me up with the DMT and let me like fucking go on a space adventure on the way out or some shit. Yeah. Like, the dude's mugshot is just phenomenal too. Like he looks so <laughs> proud of himself. Oh, we, as well as we should. Be too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like what, what are they going to do to you? You're an old person who gave gave your wife some, some your dying wife some meth. Like, yeah. they ain't going to do shit. Speaking of dying. Uh-huh. How the fuck have we managed to have two-thirds of the podcast with COVID when, like, we're on basically, like, different hemispheres of the country? Yeah, yeah. Like, at the exact same time, and I think it was almost day and date, <laughs> Laura got the COVID and I got the COVID. So, yeah, the, the fun thing is that, like, whole polycule got the COVID and we all found out on the same day despite none of us on that day having symptoms. Mm. Polycovid! Yeah, I I was a few days post-travel and was like, you know what, I've got no symptoms, but I'll double-check, I'll be safe, I've travelled, you know, there's every chance. And I check, yeah, it comes up, I've got the COVID. And I mention it to, 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 to Fee, who's our shared partner, who similarly had no symptoms and was like, you know, I haven't done a, a COVID test in a while, and yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean... I've got no symptoms, that doesn't mean I don't have it, and fee checked, and also had the Rona. Yeah. Oh, they, they were sick. They were sick before then. Like, we, um... Oh, yes, they were, they were sick, but hadn't, yeah. hadn't clicked it might be Rona, wasn't it? Yeah. Because you'd called, you'd called me. Yes. Because you were helping me set up a 3DS, which I don't know if it's ever been mentioned on the podcast before. Remarkably easy to modify. Right. Yeah, yeah. Is 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 uh at 
things all working good? Oh, I've not had a chance to check it out. I've been uh, sick with coronavirus. Because of the Rona. Because <laughs> of the Rona. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to, to trying to get it to work. I need to get a bigger memory card, really, before I, I properly yeah. dick into it. But we, we got it We got it yeah. going. We did the stuff. But yeah, um, you know, that on that <laughs> night, you know, Phoenix was behind me just bellowing, I fade, I fade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Then they took the test and it was like that. It was just like, you've got Rona. Just like, oh, a big thick line straight oh. away. Um, it sucks. I don't know if, like, if anyone's watched the last Jimquisition video, they'll know that I've got the <laughs> coronavirus and they'll know that I, yeah. I've i not been enjoying it. Um, that was recorded on Sunday, last minute. Like, I dragged myself to the computer to record it. Um, it is now Wednesday. Uh, I do feel remarkably better, thank thank fucking Christ. I'll say this much, definitely make sure you're vaccinated as much as possible oh God, and yes. as much as science will allow in your local jurisdiction. Because as someone who's been vaccinated for COVID five times, the stuff thankfully barely touched me um, by, by comparative standards. I've heard people have had a lot worse. Go get your vaccinations. And if they offer you boosters, go get those too. And if you can be in weird medical trials where they give you even more doses, take them up on it. I had a booster. <laughs> Well, yeah. well, the propulsion of the shit that was flying out of my ass, I felt like I was under <laughs> a fucking rocket. You're getting some lift? Yeah, I got the shits corona. There are many, that's the thing about coronavirus now, there's so many fucking variants of what Delta called an ordinary seasonal virus. The, like, the experiences are different between there's a, like emergent gameplay with coronavirus now oh yeah you don't know what 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 version you're getting i got the version where it felt through my face occasionally like i'd chewed on tinfoil <laughs> and that just came and went a bit that was a fun one not a, not a nice one i had uh. yeah i had <laughs> massive amounts of body pain like especially my shoulder my shoulder like started caning um but yeah it got got into my joints um was was snotty of course my body was trying to have a cough but i think out of sheer fear for my asthmatic respiratory system i just willed it to stop happening um oh the shits were bad though i i do have i do have one fun bit of story and this is the one fun thing to have come out of me getting getting the rona which is I've talked about this before, the fact that I went and did medical testing and let them inject yeah. me with fun, new, weird vaccines, because, you know, they they got to work on more stuff for this. And uh, they finally approved the vaccine that I was in medical trials for, for use in the UK. Like, people are going to get start start getting vaccinated with it. Um, like, the medical trials say, better, be better immune response at kicking this thing's arse than AstraZeneca, less side effects... It got approved in the UK the same day I got the. I found out I had the Rona. <laughs> exact same day. I find it's like, oh hey, your vaccine. Other people can have that anyway. Thank, thanks for being in the test. Have some Rona. Yeah, I know where I know where this household's Corona came from. I won't name names, but I know who he was. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you can't really. You can't really sort of blame people it's kind of go in in our house there's a 50 50 shot it either came from me traveling or jane had it um, my wife jane had it before i got back because she was ill just before i got back yeah and didn't check whether it was rona so either one of us could have could have had rona who who knows ultimately ultimately doesn't matter oh the dog's flipping her shit i think my dinner arrived i forgot i forgot <laughs> Are you having dinner during the show this week? Yeah, I... 
I was excited about food. <laughs> go get go get your dinner. We'll talk about video games. Oh, I guess. I, 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 it's going to get brought up. Um, oh, oh, fancy! Yeah, I, right, I feel like Bruce Wayne's. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, oh god, video, oh video yeah, games. I suppose we could we could talk about yeah. that. Yeah, some of them yeah, have been yeah, played. Yeah, who's played one? I've not played many. I've I've had the Rona. I've been tired and busy. No, I've not played many either. I've had too busy with coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. I did play fittingly. Uh, I've been playing Two Point Hospital. Mm. Ooh, how how's that been? It's just theme hospital. Yeah, yeah. And that's perfectly fine by me. It's just modern theme hospital. Yeah, it's it's new theme hospital. How how, how would you explain it for anyone who doesn't yeah. know theme hospital? Because I recognise that's decades old at this point, and not everyone's going to know it. Yeah, theme hospital for people who aren't aware of theme hospital because it's very old is. Just like theme park. Now you're caught up. <laughs> it's a sim game. It's a sim game yeah. where you build your own hospital, basically. You've got a little plot of land, and you, you know, can put down a reception and build out little, like, like grid-by-grid rooms. And the, the gimmick is kind of that you've got British humour fake illnesses going on is the little thing they got going. Yes, it's a it's a very humorous thing, and again, it's sort of they taken that from um, yeah. uh, Theme Hospital because Bullfrog was was big on that kind of thing. So yeah, lots of puns and things like that. You know, you have someone come in dressed as a clown; they've got a jest infection, uh, yeah. stuff like that. Someone with a light bulb for a head; they've got like headedness, uh, that sort of thing. Exactly the level of terrible pun I appreciate. <laughs> exactly. It's it's not like laugh out loud funny, but you're like, ha, that's cute. Uh, the gameplay itself is is solid stuff. Like it's rock solid. It's just very calming to run just a little hospital. And the same with like I used to love theme park as a kid. Uh, there's just something very satisfying about building this little environment that starts running itself and you sort of oversee it and you're like oh maybe i'll put a little rose bush in there um maybe i'll, I'll oh i need some seats there um it's fun until i fall into massive amounts of debt <laughs> you've got to help me out laura you've got to bail me out of this one yeah i'm 10 grand in the hole i'm 10 grand in the hole and people have come in drained of all their color I mean, look, from what I hear um, about the United States, it's actually quite easy to, to take a hospital and suddenly make it into a profitable business. Just start charging, like, thousands of pounds to every person who needs an ambulance and you'll make that ten grand up in no time. Just, 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 just toss me, like, ten grand for a traction ward for people with a humorous injury. <laughs> it's, it's all I need. Then, then I'll, I'll, I'll drag this business back into the black. Um, yeah, it's, I'm on a level now and I don't know what I keep doing wrong. But when I last left it, there was trash everywhere and it was haunted because people <laughs> kept dying and the janitors were running around trying to catch the ghosts and I was in massive amounts of debt and I didn't know what I did wrong. Oh no. I think I needed another toilet. I think I knew at least that, that I needed more toilets. Um, people kept leaving because they were bored. I put in so many arcade machines that I bankrupted. Well, that's what I did wrong. You would, you would think that our hospital is one of the few places where 
boredom isn't enough of a factor for someone to go, you know what, I'm bored, I'm I'm going to give up on waiting here. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, sometimes it's like they left because they were bored and they spent 340 days in the hospital. I mean, and, yeah, fair <laughs> point. I should have. I should have popped a TV in. At that point, you might just decide, I'm just going to live with this one. Yeah. Um, But it is fun. It is fun. I've unlocked Sandbox, but I think I'm going to save it till I stream. I might stream tonight, and I might do it then. I have a feeling I'll enjoy Sandbox a bit more. I never, like, same with Dungeon Keeper and Theme Park and all of that. The preset levels were never the big draw for me. It was like, no, I want my space, my time, my thing i'll usually play them until the point where i can't easily progress and i'm like i'm not having fun anymore let me let me be silly exactly yeah well i've played something this week that i believe conrad has played a little bit of as well it's the only thing i've played yeah it's the main thing i've played this week um we've both played nobody saves the world oh i played a little bit of that i didn't quite get on with it myself I've been quite enjoying it so Good. far. I'm, I'm maybe like three or four hours in, and I feel like there's a lot ahead of me that like I haven't pushed forward with. But for anyone who doesn't know anything about this game, it is a top-down game where you wake up as some little fella that's just completely blank slate, naked person with no eyes. Doesn't know who they are. You're a nobody. Yeah, you're nobody. N- no idea where you came from. Uh, and you stumble into a wizard's house and accidentally end up with his wand. And the gimmick is that you can transform into various other forms. I stumbled into a wizard's house and ended up with his wand in my hand. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you can use these forms to like do various gameplay things, like uh, you could transform into a rat early on that's small enough to get through small spaces. But also, like each of these forms has different... Um, mechanics around how you do combat with them. Um, there are dungeons you fight your way through, and each of these transformations has little quests attached to them. Um, and they sort of unlock over time as you use the the character, but they're generally teaching you how to use the character. So, like for the rat, as an example, your first one is use your basic gnawing attack a certain number of times, so you get a feel for what the range on that is, and for the fact that it inflicts poison. And then you unlock a second move that can drain health from enemies, and then it tells you to drain health from enemies who are poisoned, and you learn that you drain more health if you poison them first. And, like, I enjoyed it for a similar reason to something like Legends Arceus, in that I was enjoying the box-ticking exercise that also was teaching me how to use the various things. That was just very satisfying to me. And as you level up individual transformations, you will unlock new transformations that will similarly play a little differently and have their own little quests for you to do. Go go do a big top-down adventure around the world. Have you reached the point in the game where uh, you then can apply other characters' abilities to each other? Yes. Okay, because that's, like, where it really opens up and gets interesting. In Indeed. you want to talk about that? Yeah, so, uh, th- well, there's a few mechanics at play, but once, uh, once, char- once you reach a general experience level, because in addition to all of these class-specific experience levels, you have a general experience that is completed by completing some very basic quests and... And and some you can buy some repeatable ones so that you're constantly generating this and yeah. that affects your base health and attack power and things like that. 
Um, but over time, it also unlocks things like adding another attack slot onto all of your forms. And these can then be selected from other attacks that characters can do. And the passive abilities, the other transformations can do can be applied to yours and so you start to build combinations of things that are very interesting adapting to the style of the class to the boons that you can provide from other classes that's really interesting yeah and you still have to play each new character enough that you are unlocking their abilities and their skills so that they're then available to shuffle around with the other ones but it it gives you room to play. And the later quests that come along as a result of this are are now encouraging you to interplay other characters' abilities uh, on ones that you're using to find synergies. And one of the things that this really works for me is that I am exactly the kind of player who finds one thing that works and does it until it doesn't work any longer. (laughs) And then find some other one thing that works. And the design here forces me, it compels me to try out other things because I don't feel like I'm progressing. And worse, if you run out of quests on one of these uh, forms, you will constantly get annoying pop-up messages telling you of this fact. So that you, and I learned this because I found (laughs) out that you can grind really easily because all the dungeons yes, that you enter are repeatable and so i maxed out all the forbs in that first dungeon before leaving <laughs> i i did the same i did the same oh. can may i ask you both the question yeah about uh, an opinion with this game because yeah yeah i played a bit of it i really like the writing mm-hmm. the writing's great very I funny i love the art Mm. I even actually like the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found switching between forms to be ponderous. So I will tell you this now. One of my biggest complaints about this game is not the switching between characters, but the lack of teaching you much. It should have taught you much earlier. There is a much quicker and less ponderous way to change characters. Oh, I stumbled onto it. Yeah. So the game does tell you, I think, in the first like boss dungeon, but that's a few hours in. I believe if you hold down um, the right bumper, yeah, you can br- and hold that down, you can bring up a quick select wheel. Oh, you get like a radial or something. Yeah, that's what I wanted. That's all I wanted. I got really annoyed the first couple of hours because I had the same problem. Because until you you're told that if you don't stumble on it, you find yourself having to pause the game, swap like three menu pages across, mm-hmm. scroll to the character and open them, which. Wasn't a huge problem for me early on, but where it becomes a big problem is, like, about three hours in, you get introduced to a mechanic that's a... It's a little bit of a um, weakness triangle. Some enemies will be shielded um, until you attack them with a certain type of attack. Yeah, but there's... Yeah, there's there's two. There's basically two. You have sharp and blunt, and you have light and dark. And that's really... It's very simple, but yeah, you will have to have... And that's where, once you get that secondary attack opened up, you get the opportunity to exploit that, because you can have a sharp attack on a character, and, but yeah, that's fiddly. That was the first place where that really annoyed me, because I still hadn't... Like, it hadn't told me, and it told me like 10 minutes later, but the, that first 10 minutes of... I need to be swapping between characters mid-fight multiple times. Yeah. And I the only way I know to do it is to pause and go through menus. Really didn't feel great. Oh, that's good to know. Now, I have I have butterfingers. I hit that radio real early on and discovered it was there. Yeah. Um my issue with this 
comes in with the experience growth and the stuff that gets unlocked because every character is customizable. And so there will come a point where you get a thing unlocked that's across the board and now you can add another passive. But now you're going to have to reconfigure all of your things that you plan to use. And if you stumble onto one you haven't used in a while but you have a need for it, you're going to swap over to it and you're going to spend a couple of moments deciding what passive and what extra ability or whatever configuration you want to have for your situation. And that's, it's a drag on what is otherwise a pretty quick gameplay experience. It's a little bit of a slowdown and like, it's not great for the pacing, but it hasn't annoyed me enough to stop me really enjoying this game. When you hit level 20 and you get that extra passive slot, talk to me again. Uh, you've got, I'm sure I'm sure that'll be the case. You got nine yeah. forms and yeah, it's yeah. It, it gets to be a lot. But the forms are really cool. They they all feel good and distinct, which I was really pleased about. They are very distinct yeah. and the uh the art for them is incredible. I love the mermaid. The mermaid is horrifying. <sighs> They're so great. I very much appreciate the writing. I there was a quest where I fell in love with a horse. It was the best yes. bit of writing oh, I've God, played yes. in the game in a while. It was beautiful. Well, I I played it <laughs> co-op on my stream with uh, Linda at twitch.tv slash that Conrad Zimmerman, and uh, I had Sorry, already that URL again. Uh, twitch.tv slash that Conrad Zimmerman. Oh, sounds quality. Yeah. We played it and I had already done the horse quest. And so when I started fresh with her and when we got back, I made her do it because I was like, this is like, (laughs) this is the most joyous thing in the game. And then I didn't realize that you can talk to the horse again after you've completed the quest. Yes. And oh God, it's so heartwarming. (laughs) It's so, so perfect. Like this game has a few like there's a few little choices that like I I'm not sure are necessarily to its strength like one of the things early on that didn't gel with me and I think I can guess at what they were trying to get across but it annoyed me at first um was when you get to like boss dungeons when they come up mm-hmm. you can't level up your quests for your transformations while you're in those yeah and that annoyed me because the first time I came across one all I wanted to do was go no I'm doing the quest things. Why am I not getting credit? And it felt annoying. And I feel like the back and forth is meant to be on the way to there. You are learning new things. You are picking up new skills. You are trying new things. When you get there, that is your chance to take what you currently know and use it in like without interruption and just do gameplay that way for a bit and then learn new things when you're out of the tough dungeon. I feel like that's the intended approach but like it it felt weird to me but like that's that's my biggest complaint i've been having fun with it it's been real neat yeah it's it's a delightful game um the music's really good too there is a one of the it's like the dungeon track you know Mm. whatever song it is when you're exploring dungeons it reminds me of like late 90s david bowie Mm. in a way that i can't quite define but it it's i love it's like it sounds like late brian eno bowie collaboration and i'm there for it yeah yeah i'm really enjoying the game i will i will probably finish this which is not something that happens very often same it's got its little flaws here and there but it is well worth playing and i'm i'm having a great time with it yep Agreed. Uh, what about you, Steph? You had a chance to play anything this week while, while in, in mid-Rona? Well, 
not. Uh, <laughs> oh, what? Are you eating your dinner? I'm, hello, everyone. I'm eating my dinner. What's, what's for dinner? At least, at least tell us about your dinner. Oh, pizza, mate. Oh, nice. Can't go out. Perfect excuse. Quarantine. Exactly. I'm similarly tempted to tempted by takeaway, uh-huh. but I also currently can't leave still. So quarantine, sir. Yeah. Uh, right. <clears throat> I was hoping to be able to talk about the Steam Deck. Oh. Could mine arrived? I couldn't get it redirected from the US, unfortunately. Um. So we had it redirected to Conrad who shipped it, and it was supposed to get here today, but it didn't. So, unfortunately, I've had to spend time... Well, I say unfortunately, it's still great to do. Um, I should say I got to spend more time with a different kind of handheld. And if you were to hold my hand, I'd take you on a little trip to Stephanie's Vita Corner. It's disappointing one. No, I thought um, nice. it was pretty good. It was all right. Yeah, yeah. just just tapping on a, a bottle of peroxide for the bread bar. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll put that one in the yes column. Um, right, because my Anbenik's currently uh, still out of commission because I just forgot. The the Retroid isn't here yet. <laughs> and the Odin isn't here yet. And the Steam Deck isn't here yet. My urge to play PlayStation 1 games... Uh, in a handheld format, uh, currently restricted to the PS Vita, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I bought some back in the early 2010s, so I've re-downloaded some, yeah. um, and I re-downloaded Chowaniki, oh. which is still, <laughs> which is still like Jonathan Holmes's brain. The game, it's so <laughs> fucking weird. Um, if if for those unaware, Chowaniki is a PlayStation One shoot 'em up, like a shmup side-scrolling shooter where you're um, a man flying in the air, doing a weird sort of breaststroke, surrounded on either side, flanked by two naked men. And they're all shooting. The naked men have holes in their heads and they shoot out the top of them. Um, There's nothing suggestive about this game. No. Anyway, you shoot other naked men. Well, of course. Mm. Like you would. And some of the other enemies are men who are naked. Nice. Then you come to a boss fight, which typically will take the form of a nude man. <laughs> Sensing a theme, are we? It's, <laughs> it's so fucking... It's so absurd and really difficult. Yeah. I I think I got to the second boss years ago. Haven't currently. Um, if I took the time, I could probably sort of you know, get into it and get the patterns down and everything. Because it's not, it's not complicated. It's not like some of these games where, you know, the screen is drenched in bullets. Yeah. It's just very dazzling. <laughs> very visually dazzling. Sometimes you're just too busy looking at the uh, at the naked men to realise something's going to hit you. Looking at the hardcore nipples, yes. Mm. Um, mm, so many bare chests. I mean, the first boss is like... <laughs> and the best thing is, is like... A lot of the men are not conventionally attractive. So many of them are like like balding middle-aged men, which I find beautiful. Like celeb- like don't get me wrong, they're built. Um but you know, celebrate uh, uh nude masculinity in all its forms, I say, preferably uh in my mouth. But the first boss is this sort of muscular man with like, you know, like a bit of a comb over. 
and he's inside a big round orb, like a Death Star, covering his his midriff. But his his legs are like out, splayed out. And one of them keeps kicking upwards, like he's doing a suggestive dance. And the music is like, sort of turns to this sort of bawdy, sort of striptease kind of music. And then a big sort of cannon will emanate periodically from between his legs while he goes, <laughs> like that. And then out of the cannon will come a bald nude man who will snake out and then try and track your movements and then shoot bullets out of the top of his head. There's nothing suggestive about Chowaniki at all. No. It's one for the ages. It's one I'd heard about long before I played it. Like, back in sort of the the early 2000s, there were these... um, The style of blog at the time was called an EN site. Sure. An everything nothing site. Wow. Oh, right. That's taking you way back. Uh, Everything nothing sites. I forget exactly which one it was that I read Choaniki on. I mean, something awful, no doubt, had it on there all the time. I'm sure something awful had something. um, Boing, boing. (laughs) Encyclopedia Obscura might have have had it. Boing, boing, still kicking. Cory Doctorow, still doing it. Hey, good for them. Good for them. Yeah, so, so, yeah, I'd I'd heard of it and sort of had seen, like, those sort of screenshots, sort of Let's Plays before video was a thing, where it was all screenshots and text. I used to waste so much time at work doing, like, reading through those. (laughs) But yeah, it's an incredible game. I also played uh, the original PSX Resident Evil 2, but I've got coronavirus. I don't want to be dealing with challenge. I had never played a range mode before Hmm. and didn't even quite know what it was. (laughs) You start with an infinite submachine gun and it only gets better from there. (laughs) Yeah, so I've just been doing sort of like a theme... It's like a theme park tour version of Resident Evil 2 because there's no challenge. You're just going through the thing at a whirlwind pace because you start with an infinite submachine gun. Then when you, you get to the first box, you've got like just more first aid sprays than you're ever going to need. An infinite Gatling gun and an infinite rocket launcher. Um, so that's been its own form of fun is just going through Resident Evil 2 again. The way I'd go through like Resident Evil 4 on the third new game plus. It's nice to have that same experience of just, like, ludicrous empowerment. Uh, So that's been fun. Uh, I also re-downloaded an old PS Minis game called Pix and Love Rush. The Pix the Cat series has been a sort of a low-key thing on mobile. Not many people... I've never seen anyone else talk about it, but I've always kind of liked the the games. Uh, Pix and Love Rush is very nice. It's um, sort of a platform game, sort of. Um, You can choose between infinite or a five-minute mode, and what happens is the screen will scroll, and there will be little sort of pickups with pluses, and you pick those up while avoiding the pickups with minuses um, to rack up a combo, and every time you reach a new combo threshold, the colours completely change to some really gorgeous colour layouts, like sort of Pac-Man Championship Edition style sort of colour combinations. Um, There are little bats you can shoot at as well, and... 
like every minute or two, the screen will change. So it might be a, a side-scrolling thing, or it'll then turn into um, one that goes up vertically, or one that doesn't scroll at all, but the platforms and things move across the screen. So it's always changing up. It's really nice, and it's got a sort of an infinite runner mode as well just thrown in, with like maybe 10 difficulty levels, starting from hard to harder realistic or something like that. Um, absurd. But yeah, it's very cute, and that is, yeah, that was pretty much what I did on uh, the Vita this week. And that was Stephanie's Vita Corner. Woo! Yay! There we go. Little Vita Corner. Yeah! Uh, the only other thing I've I've played a little bit of this week, and mainly because I want to I wanna write a thing about it, and I wanted to jump back in, I... Stopped playing Pokemon Go ages ago. I went from daily active player to completely not playing, and I've talked about this on the show before. Like, yeah, the catalyst was a bit of a, two, a one-two punch of things happening in very quick succession. Um, one of them was the game, um, the the monetization around moving Pokemon from Pokemon Go to the main series games. Back when Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee released, you could move as many Gen One Pokemon as you liked from Pokemon Go into Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee with no restrictions, no monetizations. It was great. And then when they did that for all the generations after Gen 1, they made it so that there is a very aggressive timer um, preventing you from moving more than a couple of shiny Pokemon over at a time. And then you either wait a week to do it again or you pay them like a tenner to transfer a few more Pokemon. It was really gross and it really put me off, but... The other thing that really put me off was a quest that got introduced about that time. Um, it was a paid quest for Shiny Mew, which is... It's one of these Pokemon that Nintendo has been, like, weirdly protective about releasing the Shiny version of in official forms. There was only one way in the past of getting a Shiny version of Mew, which was a early 2000s Japan-exclusive retail event where you could get an item in-game in Pokemon Emerald to get a Mew that you could soft reset and it could be shiny. And, like, worldwide, this is the first time they'd ever introduced a way of getting a shiny Mew. And it was a paid event in Pokemon Go. You had to pay a, I think it was a fiver up front. And you, you know, you had to do it in a couple of weeks. You had a couple of weeks window to pay your fiver and you'd get a quest and at the end of it, you'd get your shiny Mew. And right. I, at the time, was like, you know what? Sure. I want this shiny Mew. Fuck it. Have, have, have a fiver. Because up until this point, generally Pokemon Go's quests had been pretty... They had been structured to be enjoyable. They had generally been structured to have a natural progression and have a little narrative, and they were enjoyable things to do. And the thing that made me put the game down was this quest. And I remember this quest being bullshit, and I was like, I want to revisit it. Why, why did this quest turn me off of this game that I'd been a daily active player in? And I want to talk a little bit about that quest, because I've... I've been, I, I jumped back in and I've looked at the quest and like the, 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 the things you have to do. Very specifically, this quest deliberately and obtusely wants to force you to be a daily active player. Not only that, it wants you to commit to years of further playing in some cases, making you do quest steps completely out of order in ways that are just designed to slow you down. Um... Here are some examples. One of the early things you do in this quest is that you have to 
uh, send 151 gifts to people on your friends list. Now, that's a lot of gifts to have to send out to people. It's going to take you a very long time to collect that many gifts uh, gifts from going to that many poker stops. It's going to take a long time to do. A few stages later in the quest, there is go to 151 poker stops, which if they'd given you that one first, you would have, you know, you you could have been doing both at the same time. You'd have Aww. collected your 151 gifts and then had them to send out to people. That's straight up rude. They put them the other way around, so you have to go to 151 poker stops to send 151 gifts, and then later get told, oh, you have to go to 151 poker stops. No, the 151 you went to earlier don't count. For example, there's one quest you're given early on, which is catch Pokemon 30 days in a row, and that comes along with, like, catch 30 of this type, catch 30 of this type, catch 151 different species. It's a big catching task. Later, you get given a quest to catch 1,510 Pokemon. These do not overlap. You get the catch at 1,510 after the one where you have to catch for 30 days in a row 151 species. Like, it doesn't let you use progress on one to count towards the next. Wow. It is a really fucking gross quest. And, like, I, I remember the thing that, like, put me off it at the time. It wasn't even any of that. I'd been a daily active player for three years. I had about 10 million experience points in that game. I needed to reach level 40 to complete this quest, which would have required an additional 10 million experience points. Three years of daily active playing, I was halfway to the experience threshold I needed to complete this fucking quest. Yeah. So, I'm not saying that I may have researched um, location spoofing and what methods people use for grinding experience quick to kind of bullshit through this quest. I'm not saying that. That would be against terms of service. But I'm finally making progress through this quest and refusing to give Niantic money and Fuck you, I'm gonna get that shiny Mew that I paid for and get the fuck out of this. Fuck yeah. But yeah, I, I forgot how... I was like, it can't have been as bad as I remember it. It really is. It's just... It's deliberately designed in such a way that, like, I could reshuffle this quest to make it a lengthy quest to do, but fun. Yeah. And the way they've lined it up is deliberately we're going to make you do things in... In an order that just forces you to double down on lengthy tasks. That's lovely. That's what you want. You want to feel like you want to feel like the game you're really into has been developed with a sense of spite. Yeah, that's what it is. It's just it's spiteful. I wouldn't have even minded so much if this were a free quest that were available to everyone that wasn't time limited, because at least that way. Everyone has access finally to a way to get Shiny Mew, and I get that if you want to gate that rarity and have it still be a rare thing, a quest like this might be, like, justifiable as, like, hey, you can have one, it is going to take you forever to get, but you can have it. It feels spiteful to put this behind a paid event. You paid money to have an event that's gonna fuck you over. Yeah. Yeah, like that, it's not on. Yeah, it, it's just reminded me how much I'm annoyed by what happened with that game. Ugh. It's a real shame, because I really liked it, and yeah. Ugh. Right, I think that's everything all of us have played this week. Before we get cracking onto the news news, 
Yeah. I do want to quickly just bring up, it might even be the topic of the next Dreamquisition, because it's just, it's a work of art almost in terms of industry bullshit. Mm. Uh, I don't know if any of you caught the announcement of Sonic Origins today. No. Uh, is this a remaster of some old games? Yes, Sonic Origins. It's a remaster of Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and Sonic CD. Now, okay, sure, whatever. Mm. It's very expensive for four games when you compare it to the other Sega uh, compilations of old Genesis games that they've done before yeah. that have way more oh. games for cheaper. Sorry, I've just seen what this is. Oh. Yeah. So what What really cheeses uh, 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 <laughs> my onions about this one is, do you remember when... Oh no, I just saw <laughs> When oh, pre-order God. spreadsheets were all the rage <laughs> with yeah. half a dozen yeah. different editions of a game... None of which contains all of the content. So I just want to quickly, like, just walk us through this. So you've got the standard edition, right? Which right, is up right. for pre-order. Yeah. You've got the start dash pack, which says free DLC included with pre-order of standard or digital deluxe. You've got the premium fun pack, which has coming soon written on it, on a pre-order <laughs> sheet, which is weird you've got the classic music pack which is its own thing then you've got the digital deluxe edition now the things they have pulled out of their ass to try and justify this you've got the main game right yeah which you'll be happy to know is in the standard edition as well as the digital deluxe edition oh good oh i'm glad they got the main game in there at least yeah yeah the start dash pack gets you 100 bonus coins. Ooh. Nobody knows what the fuck they are. <laughs> oh, it's probably for unlocking shit in game. Probably. Yeah. You've got mirror mode unlocked. Uh, you've got hard missions, which are available not in the start dash pack yeah. nor the standard edition, but they are in the premium fun pack and also the digital deluxe edition. Uh, you've got <sighs> letterbox background. Oh my god! <laughs> that's that's a special that's a special bonus that you can pay extra for, as well oh, as character one's... animation mm. in the main menu. <laughs> Camera oh. controls over the main menu islands. <laughs> you can move the screen about a bit. <laughs> Carry- and this is its own separate one. Character animations during music islands. And then additional music tracks from Mega Drive and Genesis titles. It would have been better if they had just made one that said additional animations. Yes. To encompass the two character animation Instead, ones. <laughs> they split it into two. They just wanted to really get granular and let you know. This is transparency, Steph. Like, I just love how they were, they've been so fucking desperate to fill this list with things to make it look like it's worth money. But in doing so, they've rendered everything so shallow and vapid that it's exposed how not worth the money it is. It's like when they tried to stretch The Hobbit over three films. It's like, if you'd have condensed it, I'd have sat through and fucking watched it. Also, can I just say that the way they've laid this um, this graphic out is really confusing? Oh, because yeah. my under- what my best understanding is that the digital deluxe edition probably does come with everything, to my understanding. Except for a hundred bonus coins and mirror mode unlocked. That's included in the start dash pack, so if you pre-order either standard or digital deluxe, you get that. Okay. 
This is fucking Steiner math. But they but they have to make sure that it's separated because if you didn't yeah. pre-order it and just later decided to buy the digital uh, deluxe edition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know they say that all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at Samoa Joe and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one -on -one with another wrestler, you've got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal, so you've got a 25% at best of beating me. Then you add Kurt Angle to the mix. Your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at Sacrifice, you've got a 33 and a third chance of winning, but I got a 66 and two-thirds chance winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try. So Samoa Joe, you take your 31 and a third chance minus my 25% chance and you got an 8 one third chance of winning at sacrifice but then you take my 75% chance of winning if we was to go one on one and then add 66 two thirds percent I got 141 two thirds the chance of winning at sacrifice see Joe the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice pre-order today where did I go like, did I just get teleported into some other I, What has I, happened? I, I similarly feel like I left this earth for a second there. Sorry, I was just trying to make sense of this spreadsheet and turned into Scott Steiner. Um, yeah, this is incredible. But, like, it's... You've, it's just, it sounds like, that's a very famous promo um, uh -huh. wrestling. I, I, um, I, I gathered. But, but yeah, when, when Conrad started sus like sussing out and putting the pieces together of this spreadsheet, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is the Steiner Math fucking meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was just a bit of fun. Oh, so let's, 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 let's uh, talk about some news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first, first up today, we're going to talk about Nintendo and there are two little stories here about Nintendo, and I'm going to start with the one that all of the outlets reported, and then we're going to talk about the story that broke the same day that none of the outlets reported, and it definitely isn't the case that Nintendo announced one bit of news to cover up another one. Definitely not. So, you may have seen on gaming sites, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, it's releasing like three months earlier than planned, it was going to be in September, now it's in like June. Oh, isn't that exciting? Oh the game's god. coming much earlier than we thought. Oh my god! It's set up like Chronicles 3. A game I'm legitimately excited about. Good series. But um, definitely, definitely, definitely isn't being released early in order to cover up a story that released the same day. Um, would never suggest that. No. So, reporting from Axios, Nintendo has been hit with a labour complaint. Uh, specifically, there have been some allegations of union busting. An unnamed worker is alleging that Nintendo, and a firm it uses for hiring contractors, violated their legally protected right to unionise, according to a new filing with the National Labour Relations Board. Hmm. Now, specifically to my understanding, this is Nintendo of America. The allegations state that Nintendo of America and global hiring firm Aston Carter engaged in concerted activities and made coercive actions against a worker, interfering with their legally protected right to organise. The exact claims of what happened are unclear, because the publicly posted docket for the complaint lists broad charges, but doesn't describe in, in the like the broad overview what, what occurred. Yeah. It does indicate the allegations were likely to include claims of surveillance, threats, and retaliation, and either a layoff or refusal to hire. All very believable. I mean, it's all very standard union-busting bullshit. Yeah. I, at this point, I'd just like to... Um... Remind everyone that it's morally okay to pirate all of Nintendo's games. And do it in my name! 
go and sin in my name. Yeah. Tell them Stephanie sent you. But but they didn't give you the links. <laughs> um, but yeah, r- right now, the thing information on this is light on the ground. We are likely to learn more about it over time, but for now, it seems like a pretty serious allegation is being made against Nintendo of America. Absolutely. And it's worth keeping our eyes on. Now, I can't guarantee, I can't prove that the Xenoblade Chronicles release date change was to cover this up. Yeah, we don't want to come off as conspiracy theorists here. It is an interesting coincidence that these two things happened at the same time. We can at least say that the game industry has prior. Mm-hmm. At large, it, this is a known... It's the same with these union-busting allegations. Like, these are all known tactics that we're talking about. And I will say this. Whether it was intentional or not, it certainly had that effect. Yeah. Because I did the rounds on most of the gaming news sites today, like, prepping for Volquisition. Not one of the actual, like, gaming outlets has mentioned this. It has only been mentioned by places like Axios that report uh, more yeah. broadly on on business and... Every one of those outlets that didn't talk about this did talk about the Xenoblade release date yeah. change because, you know... It's what the industry does. It's it's bury the scandal with the hype. Yeah. And it works. That's the sick thing. It works. Union busting is pathetic. It's one of the most pathetic things corporations do. It is so spineless and cowardly, disingenuous and insulting to the labour force. Yeah. The people whose labour they exploit on a daily basis it's like it's something that's already injurious and insulting and they manage to just make it worse when they union bust union yeah so i'm having a look at the 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 listed information just to look at it firsthand um the current allegations as much as we know are allegations of coercive actions brackets surveillance etc uh discharge including layoff or refusal to hire Concerted activities, which includes retaliation, discharge, and discipline, and coercive statements, which could be threats or promises of benefits. Um, we will keep an eye on this. We'll keep talking about it. It's always a shame when we get more companies wrapped up in this bullshit, but it's also an important reminder that just because your favourite company makes nice, wholesome games and has never been connected to a bullshit story yet doesn't mean that it ain't coming. Like... The, these every company is a business and businesses do bullshit yep. under capitalism. So steal from them. <laughs> steal from corporations. Even if it's just lifting a pen from the stationery cupboard. Just steal in my name. <laughs> yeah. So we got, we got some stories about, about NFTs this week. <laughs> we got some oh, NFT stories. Yeah. So this this is a, a fun little double act of stories about Activision Blizzard and NFTs. So the first story is that Activision Blizzard is seemingly gauging players' interest in cryptocurrency and NFT products. Uh, in a YouGov survey issued to players over the weekend, Activision Blizzard asked players how interested they were in a range of emerging future trends in gaming, which included things like NFTs and cryptocurrency. So like, that seems pr- pretty... You you can look at that and go, ah, you, yeah, they're asking whether players are interested in NFTs. Seems seems like an easy, correct headline, right? Yeah. Yeah? Well, n- not according to Activision Blizzard. No? Um, so... <laughs> uh, 
Andy Robertson, who uh, is over at Platonic, shared an article at, at Video Games Chronicle about this story, and uh, Mike Yabara from Activision Blizzard simply responded to his tweet, no one is doing NFTs. <laughs> that That's the closest we have to an official company response is a, an article with evidence they're asking about NFTs and someone from Activision Blizzard just going, nope. We, I don't know, like, no one said you were doing yeah. NFTs. We said you were gauging interest because maybe you would do them in future. Suspiciously specific denials. Yeah. From Activision Blizzard? It seems like it's trying to say, no, that story's fake, when it doesn't. It just says, yeah, you're not currently doing NFTs. It's that old, sort of, the exact words thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, like just... You've got to listen to the exact words being said. That way they're technically not lying, but they're not being truthful. It's also so weird when, like, the official statement you get is the president of Blizzard just responding to a random tweet of someone linking, like, a, so a story with evidence and just responding to a random tweet going, no. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Speaking of NFTs, <laughs> uh, can we just luxuriate a moment in in the continued failure of them? Oh god, yeah. I'd love to. One of the uh, more recent stories, uh, I'll I'll read the headline from Tech Meme. An NFT of Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet, oh. which I'm sure we'll all remember, which sold for 2.9 million last year, so has been up for sale since last week and has failed to garner a bid over $1,000. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I highly recommend a Twitter account. At Coiners Taking L's. Um, yeah. Crypto Bros Taking L's is, is sort of the name of it. And it's got wonderful things, just like like tweets and, and messages from uh, Crypto Bros, such yeah. as one that says this tax stuff is way too hard. I think I'm just going to go to jail. Uh, someone, a Crypto Bro who tweeted a message from their accountant um, claiming they were being bullied by their accountant. Uh, their accountant said, is the only income you have related to your crypto activity? You don't have anything else going on. Oh, no. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and oh. we're at the point now where we're starting to see headlines about the jail time. So, yeah, it's just continuing to fail. I mean, like, if you look at, like, Ethereum, which is the cryptocurrency that NFTs are, like, powered using, that has, as like, as a cryptocurrency, lost half of its its value in the last year. Like, it's just hemorrhaging value in spite of the fact that they're trying to use nfts as like a new reason for people to have them well under this system i mean like they the smart contract that's the only thing of, of value associated to nfts bitcoin's probably much more stable than ethereum because they haven't tried to build an entirely new economy around that i mean i mean bitcoin ain't doing so great either but no it's not doing great either but i like Fuck! It's all it's all trash. Yeah. Burn it. Oh, it is. It is all trash. Um, it is. It is a joy watching watching how much this stuff is thankfully just sort of collapsing in on itself. Because like the the whole grift is, it it's the uh, multi level marketing pyramid scheme grift. It's you buy a thing, convinced you will find a sucker to buy it for more than you bought it for, and they they'll then think they can buy it like sell it to someone for more than that. Like. There is only so many steps in the chain before you go, oh, there is no one for me to sell it on to. Yeah, and and they make matters worse because, you know, the NFT cult is made up of suckers and grifters. Yeah. So 
you end up with grifters grifting grifters. There are subgrifts within the grift. And some of them are so, like, just stupid. There's no other way. Oh. I read one last night. Someone got a call from Apple asking for their password. I read this one, like, two minutes ago. Um, yes, someone got a call from Apple saying, can you tell us the um, the two-factor authentication code we've just sent you? And had all of their crypto stolen. Yeah, and they were like, I don't get it. The number's Apple. <laughs> it was from Apple. It it said Apple. I mean... It said... I thought it was weird that they asked for my two-factor authentication code, but it said Apple. It's like, like <laughs> jokes about like grandparents using computers and getting scammed. And like, my granddad would never have fallen for that. He was a computer consultant. Yeah. These people claim to be on like the bleeding edge of technology, but it just speaks to how between this and the ones who just don't grasp the tax system. Yeah. It's like, I don't grasp the tax system either. Well, I mean, my feed does it for me because they they know what numbers do. I don't, I've don't. i got dyscalculia. I ain't going to fuck around with this shit. And most of these people are way out of their depth. I think a lot of them have treated crypto as crypto isn't money, it's crypto. Therefore, taxes don't apply because it's not money anymore. Yeah. Oh, wait, what do you mean it's an asset and I can get taxed on that? Well, that's just it. They don't actually understand securities trading and they don't realize that that's what they're doing. Yeah, they are. They are entering a speculator's market and you know, trading on a speculative asset. Yeah. The, the real problem there is the true speculators already speculated. And if they weren't done speculating, they wouldn't have told all of us what a great deal this was. Because they'd still be speculating, which you do quietly, so that you can make money. Why is it that, why do people think that rich people want to tell them how they got rich? Right? Instead of just continuing to exploit the things that made them rich. I have a little story to tell you, and I haven't told this story anyway yet. I got an email maybe a month or so ago from someone who was doing some kind of gimmick, and I won't say what life event it was, but some major life event they had coming up, they wanted to turn into NFTs. And this is like um, an NFT that lets you decide what this person will be wearing and this, sort of, this that and the other. And... First of all, I was like, I don't know why the fuck you've emailed me about this, because they emailed wanting me to do a paid promotion <laughs> about their, their NFT life event. And I asked them, I was like, why why on earth did you email me? Uh, like, I'm just going to be open with you. I am one of the most vocally anti-NFT people you could possibly have reached out to. Apparently my name, somewhere on the website Fiverr, exists on a list you can buy of... NFT influencers. Oh. Um, so someone so he paid like I think he paid like 25 bucks to get a list of 15 people, one of which was me. And I ended up having a chat back and forth, and he was like, hey, if you don't mind me asking, why are you so vocally anti-NFTs? And like the main like, you know, I I reiterated all the obvious stuff about like the detriments on the planet, but the main thing I pointed out to him that seemed to stick was that whole point of if this really was a way of making money, if this was the like financial opportunity that it is promised as, why would the people, why would celebrities and rich people be telling you to get in? Yep. They would shut the fuck up so you didn't know about it. The only reason you're being told about it is because they've bought in and they need a sucker to sell to. And 
that argument seemed to stick to him. Capitalists don't invite you to join the game until they've rigged it. Like, that's it's just that simple. It is literally just, they bought in cheap, they, they bigged up, like, the... They made it sound bigger than it is, so that you would buy it off them and they would profit. That's the only reason you're there. Yeah, so that's fun. Somewhere out there, I'm on a list of of people, a list that says, "Hey, these people will probably accept money to promote your NFTs," Jesus. which brings me joy in a weird way. I love that you completely turned someone off them, <laughs> or at least got them thinking about it. You know, I, I, as far as I know, that person didn't make their life life event, their major life event, into an NFT. After Good. that, I think I may have talked someone out of. Making a major moment in their life an NFT. Yeah, like that 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 major life event can now be worth something. Yeah, you can now just enjoy that major life event with with the people you love and not yeah. the internet and cryptocurrency. <laughs> so there, yeah, that's that's fun. Also, Square Enix, they haven't given up on NFTs somehow. They haven't seen defeat yet. Some executives must be too in too deep with the Ethereum. Yeah. Square Enix president still thinks the company's future lies in blockchain technology. Um, oh, so he's still a twat then? Yep. Uh, this is Yosuke Matsuda, the person who wrote that letter that you read out yeah. on the Inquisition a while back. Fucking twat. Yeah, so he's, he's still in on this, um, quoting from a Eurogamer piece. Matsuda uh, intimated that traditional game development, especially in the domestic Japan market, is now not enough for the company adding that it wants to utilise the power of autonomous game content to create games that will continue to evolve and use blockchain tech to incentivize such user-generated content. Now, specifically, he talked about this in that letter. Square Enix's investment in blockchain is nothing to do with the actual blockchain tech. It is as a speculative reward because they want players to make the game for them, so that they don't have to spend as much money making the game. Yeah, they don't want to put the effort. They don't want to make games. They want us to be the labour and the customer. It's 100%. It's user-generated content, but they want to reward you with NFTs so that you will make user-generated content. Like, I've always, you know, I've said for a long time that NFTs are literally money for nothing. And I don't know how Square Enix managed it, but they managed to get more literal than literal with this like it, it it's it's i yeah i you do the work to be rewarded with work yeah yeah it's the capitalist wet dream i'm proud of them in a way they finally yeah. <laughs> finally figured it out and on top of this like people will still be having to do their day jobs oh yeah well of course because how will you, how else will you afford to buy into the game yeah yeah um, so we got we got a couple of other quick stories to to fin to finish off with. This one's an interesting one. Hideo Kojima is denying that Kojima Productions has been acquired or is about to be acquired by PlayStation, despite the fact that he keeps like giving the internet very strong reasons to believe that's going on. Oh, he's doing that again, is he? Yeah. Right. Can we just like? Can we just like ignore Hideo Kojima? Well, can we call him what he is? He's a liar. Like, he he does this. Now, I'm not saying they're going to get bought. What I'm saying is, he has a history of just lying. Oh, I'm not this secret person who I obviously am. Wait, I am that person who I obviously am. Are you surprised? No. 
because you tell lies, obvious ones. And when you when you're telling the truth, you make it look like a lie because you think it's clever. The people say the word pretentious is lazy criticism, but what a pretentious man he is. And, and there's a real emphasis on that. The word pretense. He pretends all the time to impress himself. So I, I agree with you, but I do want to know that the thing that has happened with Kojima kind of happened before with another PlayStation acquisition. And it's one of the only reasons why I think this holds any water. So do you remember when Bluepoint, the studio that did the uh, the Demon Souls remake, the um last uh, last uh oh, Shadow of the Colossus remake, yeah. uh when they got acquired by PlayStation. Mm-hmm. An employee at PlayStation Japan tweeted an image of their PlayStation Studios thing with Bluepoint in there and welcome to the family Bluepoint Studios and then Bluepoint had to deny it despite the fact it was true, and the fact that that image and tweet was still up welcoming them to the family, it was a very weird situation. Yeah. And it is very similar to what has happened here. It's not the idea that he might be forced to deny it. It's the teasing he does round it. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, hang on, people think something that may or may not be true. Here's my chance to look clever to myself. Yeah, so let's, we should probably explain what actually happened. Kojima tweeted an image of the PlayStation Studios uh, logo that has a bunch of different games from PlayStation Studios in the background of it. And in that set of images is um, the main character from Death Stranding. And he just tweeted that with no context. And then he made it his his Twitter banner <laughs> image. So like he made it the banner image on his Twitter. And now all he's he's t- tweeted and just gone. I'm sorry for the misunderstanding, but Kojima Productions has been and will continue to be an independent studio. Whatever. I'm just saying, if you want attention on Twitter, right? Yeah. Take a selfie with your upper arms really pressed at the side of your chest, so you get a proper cleavage going on, like I do. Oh yeah, no, same. <laughs> get your cleave out, Koji. Get your cleave. Work on your cleave. Come on. Yeah, so that's probably a nothing story, but it is what it is. And then the last one we got this week, when I was writing the news list this week, I did not think we would be talking about Kim Kardashian, but we got a story about Kim Kardashian and Roblox. So, um, a clip has surfaced from a TV show, um, I will find the name quickly, it is, um, uh, The Kardashians. An episode of that aired recently in which Kim Kardashian threatened to sue Roblox, specifically, um, I I will read the quote, I have all the time, all the money, and all the resources to burn them to the fucking ground. Do it. Oh god, Kim, do it. So, how we got there is kind of interesting. (laughs) That's a way to put it, yeah. In in that it definitely feeds into things we've said about Roblox before. Kim Kardashian's very young son, who is not yet old enough to read, was playing Roblox and came across an ad with Kim Kardashian's face in it and runs up to her laughing to show her. The ad claims to have unreleased footage of her old sex tape that they will be releasing. Fuck you now. That's quite a thing when your kid runs up to you with an advert of we're going to release unreleased footage of your sex tape 
in his kids game he's playing. Hard enough being a kid, you know, and and like I mean, just speaking for myself here, I already 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 know way 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 more about my mother's sex life <laughs> than I ever wanted to. Imagine yeah. growing up with a mother who is an international sex symbol. Yeah. With a tape that's in circulation. Oh my god. Well, this is this is why I never had kids. Right. I, I couldn't put them through that. Exactly. Uh, but my God, like, you know, algorithmically targeted ads Ugh. get it right so many times, but <laughs> they got this right in the wrongest way. Yeah. Yeah. So as uh, I, I will read a, a quote from the, the clip uh, from something that Kim said after seeing it, which was, had my son been a bit older and been able to read, like, I would have been mortified. But I died inside. Understandable reaction to that. Yeah. 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 Um, it was a game within Roblox that had been created called Kim's New Sex Tape. Now, the the show aired on the 14th, so about a week ago. As far as we can tell, at this point, she has not currently attempted to sue Roblox. Roblox have released a statement in response. The referenced video was never available on our platform. We have strict moderation and policies to protect our community, including zero tolerance for sexual content of any kind. The text reference to the tape that got around our filters was quickly taken down. Side note, not quickly enough for her and her child to not see it. Yeah. Uh, and was fortunately only visible to an extremely small number of people on the platform. So they were, yeah, they were trying to target Pete Davidson. I think that's <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. They misspoke there. What they meant to say was it was available to a number of small people on the internet. Oh, because <laughs> like, on honestly, that 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 either is like either it was shown to a large number of people or it was shown to a very targeted number of people. Either way, it's a big problem that it got to the people it did. Mm-hmm. We also swiftly took down the associated experience and banned the community developer involved with the incident. But like, look, put this single incident aside, it's yet another case of sexual content showing up in this kid's game that is not properly moderated. You get all these fucking cunts on social media calling trans and other queer people groomers. Like, could maybe some of them lift a fucking finger and look at what their own kids are doing in Roblox? At least those kids that they're not trying to marry. Uh, you know, I, I don't... I don't keep up with the Kardashians, as it were. <laughs> you know what? That's all right. Thank you. There and, and there are certainly aspects of their fame and popularity and presence in the culture that I find troubling and, and, and difficult to comprehend in some ways. They represent a kind of, of, of... It's a part of American pop culture that has always been there. Right. And has always sort of escaped me. Like, this goes back to, you know, the 80s and shit. Like, But they are, I mean, their reach is astronomical. Yes. And this is a major show on, I mean, the people at Roblox kind of got to be shitting their pants right about now. Because mm -hmm. if there's anything that's going to spur people into actually, you know, and I'm not, like, people make games, don't get me wrong, they did great, but they're not a mainstream publication. 
right? Well, no, I mean, what has let Roblox get away with it for so long is it hides in plain sight. Like, yeah. it's there, people know what it is, but no one pays attention. 60 yeah. Minutes, however, is probably working on a story right fucking now. Yeah. Yeah. Kim Kardashian just gave it attention. Genuinely, I'd be really interested to see if she, like, tries to do something about this, because put aside everything else about Kim Kardashian... She has demonstrably, like, actually taken serious matters to politicians and seen things change. Like, she has used her fame to do things like getting a a presidential pardon for um, a Tennessee woman who received a life sentence for a first-time drug offense. And her family is her brand. Yeah. Like, now, I don't know how seriously... This doesn't seem like the sort of thing that... I would expect is going to pivot Kim Kardashian into some grand new, you know, protect the children crusade. And I hope not, because those things no. always go wrong. But I I can I can see if someone points out to her, hey, you know that problem with Roblox, that game your kid played? Did you know that that game is also exploiting ch- child labor mm-hmm. out of children and all these other problems with Roblox? That game that is really popular with your kid and lots of kids has so many more problems you should probably know about. Yeah. I could see her, like, getting vocal about it. Mm Mm-hmm. The worst thing that could happen to Roblox is for mainstream culture to actually look at it. Yeah, genuinely, she might be the best hope we have of the mainstream public realising the problems with Roblox. What a world. Yeah. Like if 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 I if I were with like people make games like the folks that did the 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 Roblox um investigative video, I would be reaching out and going, yeah. hey, maybe have a look at this. Of course, I also wonder who manufactures a lot of Kim Kardashian products. So well, yeah, that too. But yeah, that is a genuinely kind of interesting, wild little story that maybe will something will come off. Yeah, who fuck knows. Who knows. I think that's it for this week. Yeah. I think that's all, all the stuff. Yeah. That, I tell you what. Yeah. Generally, a fun roundup of news on the whole. Yeah. yeah. Like a more, a lighter. There's, we didn't really have to talk about horrible, grotty things. I mean, there was the union busting. Yeah. And we had to mention the word Roblox, which itself is a horrible, seedy, grotty thing. But I've. I just feel refreshed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel refreshed that, you know, we, at no point in this podcast did I want to chew half of my desk in despair. This is what the news used to be like on this show, mm-hmm. and I could do with more of this. Bad things happening, but, like, my soul never feels like it's going to die. But on that subject of, of people wanting more of this, Whoa. they might want more of Laura Kate Dale. Now, <gasps> I can only think of one person who might be able to tell us in in style Is it me? Uh, how they can do that. And you know what, Laura? It bloody bloody is. <laughs> it bloody well is. Well, you can find everything I do at Laura K Buzz on all forms of social media replatform. I'm on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. As little as a dollar a month really fucking makes a difference and lets me keep doing this. I Twitch stream Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Go check those out. Other than that, I do a bunch of other stuff, but if you just search Laura K Buzz, you'll find all the things I do. Just do that. Just do that. What about you, Conrad? What do you What do you do? Oh well, uh, I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, as earlier mentioned, I, I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv/thatconradzimmerman. 
Uh, I also make anti-capitalist propaganda that you could buy at pinfultruth.com and audiobooks at conradreads.com and everything I do online gets supported through Patreon at patreon.com slash fistshark. And you know who else has a Patreon? Who? <gasps> James Stephanie Sterling. <gasps> oh, fucking hell. Jesus Christ. But Jace! Uh, yes, patreon.com slash jimquisition. Um, that's where you can support um, this, that, and the other. Uh, I also stream at twitch.tv slash jimsterling. Um, obviously, this past week I've not been doing it, so I've been a bit poorly, um, but I'm, I should be back on the saddle now. Um, so you should be seeing me with more regularity again. Um, yeah. Special mention to the Gymporium this week, mm. uh, thegymporium.com, oh, yeah. where we sell our merch. Um, there's items they're not just um, related exclusively to the Gymquisition, but we have um, Conrad's Zimmerman's stuff, the the Pinfall Truth uh, stuff. We've got Laura's um, logos and stuff. We've got my, my enamel pins, my lovely little pins. Yeah, lovely, gorgeous enamel pins. I'm jealous yeah, of lovely them, actually. Um, and speaking of enamel pins, we also have um, both in pin and shirt form um, one of the the second, probably the second most popular um, phrase on the Jimquisition after uh, the gays can do whatever they want. Uh, something, something capitalism bad. Uh, Justin designed a logo that is now available on a shirt and in a, an honestly fucking gorgeous pin. Right. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a black pin in gold lettering. Uh, and it just fucking like I'm holding one right now and it just fucking pops. Yeah. Um, I am genuinely no bullshit fucking impressed with it like it's just pretty i'm real excited about those yeah it is just pretty one one of them's one of them's going on one of me bags hell yeah um so yeah yeah you know it's it's a fun phrase and it's true and the shirts i'm still waiting for a physical one we were going to model it uh, this week, but I had the Rona. Uh, but it really is is gorgeous. And just quickly, um, I I can't remember if there are any tickets left now. But May fourteenth in Newcastle at the Anarchy Brew Co, uh, Commander Sterling will be next appearing. Um, that'll be for North Wrestling, and uh, they will also be at North Wrestling's following show in Sheffield uh, at Ninety Effingham Road, where I actually train every week. Um, for uh, a show on May 29th. Uh, if you can get to Newcastle or Sheffield, um, do come by. It's going to be... Ri- I mean, I can't describe how ridiculous those shows are in terms of just the amount of fans that turn up and the noise that gets made. It's it's beautiful. So, yeah, if you can come by, come by. Um, I think there are at least tickets available for the Newcastle one. Um, and that's it, though. For this show, this week, uh, we will be back next week, come hell or high corona, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.